so good to me. Monday morning, it was all I hoped it would be. Welcome back. It is Monday, following the long, long, long weekend of college basketball. Greatest weekend of the year. We saw 16 games Thursday, 16 games Friday, 8 games Saturday, and 8 games Sunday. Some were very good, some were very bad. We saw records, both good and bad. We saw buzzer beaters, only a few. We saw huge comebacks, and we saw... A failed huge comeback as yes. well. So I guess let's just let's just get right into it and go with uh, your favorite games from the weekend. Alrighty, so uh, some one of mine may not make a lot of sense to people just because kind of in the grand scheme of things it uh, doesn't didn't play all that huge of a factor. But I'll lead off with a game that I was at uh, here here in Des Moines. We hosted um, first round games for the second time. Uh, and I, so I got to sit through six, uh, six games, uh, between seven and 10 seeds and two and 15s. And then second round games as well. Uh, the one that is my, that was my favorite, favorite of the bunch was the first round game between Bradley and Michigan state Bradley, as we know, kind of snuck in to the NCAA tournament, weren't expected to be there. The Bradley fans that were in my row way up in the nosebleeds. Like holy cow, this team sucks. We're just happy to be here. We <laughs> we, we we made the drive from Peoria just because we we may not know when it happens again. And right. they uh, obviously Michigan State outlasted them, but they were able to uh, make it a relatively competitive game, and it, it got pretty loud at some points. And uh, yep. la- la- the last thing I'll say about that one is that uh, uh, Tom Izzo was asked at a press conference, kind of about like the Cinderella thing, just because Bradley, if, if the slipper would have fit. Could could have turned into that, and he, and he go he said something that I I really kind of latched onto and liked is that in the NCAA tournament, like you have to win enough games and win your conference tournament to get there. So there there technically aren't really any Cinderella teams there. You have to be pretty darn good to get to the tournament in the first place. That's such a Tom. I figured there are like three guys in the country that could say that line, and one of them <laughs> is Tom Izzo. And get away with it. Yep. Coach K is the other guy, and maybe. Yeah. I don't know, like Bill Self could probably say it, following yeah, like a disappointing uh, Kansas loss. Yeah, I, I don't think Jay Wright and John Beeler are there quite yet. Not yet. Jay Wright is very close. He's inching his way up there. Yep. But that is a very Coach K line, if I've ever heard one in my life. <laughs> oh, you exactly. Know? That was a fun one, though. Bradley uh, hung tough throughout the first half, took like a four-point lead following a huge dunk in the second yeah. half, and then right from there on, it was over. Michigan State yeah. came back. I think it was like a quick 10-0 run to, to get the lead back and, and build it a little bit. Bradley took a timeout, and they I think they brought it within a point or two again, but they just couldn't get the shots to fall. Yeah, it, and it was just Michigan State basketball kind of to a T. Cassius Winston yeah. came up big for them. They made the plays when they needed to be there. Guys were in the right place at the right time. And like like we've said, like seen – countless times before Tom Izzo just outcoached his opponent. Tom Izzo does Tom Izzo things. You know how the calendar reads in, in Michigan? January, <laughs> oh February, Izzo, April. <laughs> Shout out John Rothstein. Uh, what else there did you, you have go. for uh, favorite games? Uh, my other favorite um, was 
in a, in a slate that wasn't too great yesterday, so Saturday when right. we're listening, uh, Maryland uh, versus LSU. That one the matinee, the opener. Yep, yep, the very opener. I rolled out of bed, saw an absolutely awesome game. Not quite a buzzer beater, but a layup with 1.6 seconds left, and uh, Maryland didn't have any timeouts. But that that was that that featured a, a kind of a small mini comeback, and then LSU was able to, without Will Wade, was able to uh, get the job done. Three and one now without Will Wade. Um, interesting game, fun game to watch. Tremont Waters obviously made the big play at the end. Some interesting officiating, to say the least. I mean, that's been the. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the calling card of this tournament thus far. The technical foul on Turgeon, I tweeted about it. I thought that it was a make-or-break moment where either this yep. team is going to respond and they're going to make a comeback, which is exactly what they did, or they were going to fold and this was going to balloon to about 24 in a minute and, and they were yep. done. Next thing you know, they hit a three, get a steal, fast-break layup, quick five points, and they're back in it. And the place got loud when Maryland tied the game up late in the game. And then back and forward, Skylar Mays hit some big shots. Jalen Smith sticks. The big man <laughs> hit a three with like 30 seconds left. That was a crazy shot. Yeah, in the um, corner, that was crazy. Fun, Really fun game. You know, we needed it, as especially because, as you said, uh, I, may, I mean, maybe it kind of hurt us that we had such a good game to open on Saturday right. because the rest of Everything them, else was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, everything else sucked. But... You live with what you get, and that's what we got. Cannot complain when you see a fun game. You know, the the, the blowouts that we've seen make these good ones worth it. Oh, exactly. How about a few of your uh, favorite games? I'll open with a game that was probably forgotten at this point, but I believe it was Thursday, New Mexico State and Auburn. Oh, the old yeah. 5-12 matchup. The only 12 seed not to win. Mm-hmm. The game was like 14 points at one point with about seven minutes left in the second half. And then New Mexico State started pressing, and Auburn just fell apart. <laughs> they were making stupid turnovers. They were taking bad shots. They couldn't do anything, and New Mexico State got red hot. Lead was, I believe, four with a minute left. New Mexico State hits a big three to make it a one-point game. Auburn comes down, gets fouled, hits one of two. Yep. There's about 30 seconds left. New Mexico State, Jarrell Brown gets fouled shooting a three. Oh, man. <laughs> misses the first, hits the second, misses the third. But the ball goes off of Auburn. So it's a one-point game with 1.1 left. They get an open look, and Queen can't hit it from the corner, and they lose. Auburn survives. And just like that, Auburn is in the Sweet 16 now after they blew up Kansas on Saturday. So... Really fun game, tough to watch for uh, New Mexico State because free throws really just killed them at the end. But that would have been another great comeback that we saw. Yeah, and uh, Auburn's my, uh, as I mentioned last week, my pick to maybe without warrant go a little further than they could, and that would have been a real tough look for me if uh, if New Mexico State had just made a few more free throws. But they're in the Sweet 16, and they kicked the crap out of Kansas, and they've made what. 12, 12 or more threes in seven straight games now. Yep. So uh, Insane. My, my, uh, my prediction last week is looking all right for now. Yeah. I mean, I, and the big thing is this is kind of how we expected Auburn to play all year. Yeah. They just never really showed it. Put we, it together. Yeah. yeah. We saw a little bit early in the season, and then they turned it on in the SEC tournament, winning the title, obviously, and here they are. 
continuing to win, continuing to shoot the ball extremely well, continuing to push the pace, doing all the little things that they need to to win these games. The other game, one that uh, occurred just a few hours before we recorded this, Duke and Central Florida, the game of the tournament so far, Taco Fall versus Zion is what it was pinned to be. And uh, it, it lived up to the hype. Aubrey Dawkins was incredible. The coach's son, 32 yep. points. Zion Williamson had 32 points and 11 rebounds. Really, it all came down to a final minute-and-a-half sequence. UCF gets a stop up by four, throws a half-court alley-oop to Dawkins, who loses it on the way up. Cam Reddish comes down. Three, five-point swing. All of a sudden, it's a game again. Dawkins again on the other end. Shot is halfway home and rims out. Duke comes back down. It's Zion time. He drives the lane. People want to call it a charge. Who cares? Like, just, I don't know. There were bad calls both ways. It did not decide the game. No way. Lowers his shoulder, spins through, gets the foul and the bucket. It's Taco Fall's fifth foul. He's out. Zion at the line to tie the game, misses the free throw, but R.J. Barrett with a little push-off on Dawkins gets the rebound, puts it back home, and oh my god, I <laughs> cannot believe neither of these fell. B.J. Taylor takes Trey, Young, uh, Trey Jones excuse me, to the rim, off the, off the backboard, and just sits on the rim. Aubrey yep. Dawkins is there, and if you watch the replay, it looks like he could just place the ball in. That's how high yeah, he is, like, that's how well like he dunk has it. it. Yeah. He got some major error on that He one. had it, just placed it back off the backboard, and it just sits on the edge and rolls out, and Duke survives. Unbelievable finish. You hit. And just peak Duke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this has been Duke pretty much yeah. since the Wake Forest game. They should have lost at home to Wake Forest. That ball was halfway yeah. down and out, and it's like the same thing happened again. It's crazy what they got. I, for a minute there, I thought Liberty was going to beat Virginia Tech and then Duke was going to have a cakewalk to the Elite Eight. You hate to see you know a Cinderella, potential Cinderella go down like Liberty, but that's exactly what happened. Yep. They lost to Virginia Tech. So Virginia Tech's a team that's beaten Duke, but I mean, if Duke plays like they did today, they're in trouble. They, they need production from someone not named Zion Williamson, and they really just did not get it. Well, and let us clarify that this is technically our favorites segment. And for, for, uh, I, I, uh, yeah. I'm a Ducator, you're a Ducator. That, that's something that we just were obligated to talk about. Not, not necessarily a, a favorite thing, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's just, I mean, just it was, the universe. It's the game of the tournament right now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the universe overcorrecting for Grayson Allen rimming out against Kansas. Right. And, like you said, the Wake Forest earlier this year, and UCF can't get it done. So what can you do? That's Duke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zion was great. They de- He deserves to win. I don't know if the rest of the team does, but he does. Oh, exactly. Um, I mean, UCF did everything. They needed to. They needed to to win the game. I mean, they missed a few free throws, mm-hmm. which were obviously costly at this point. But you go back through everything, and it's it's just outrageous you know (laughs) but that's i mean that's the game that's the game right there i people wanted to complain again people want to complain about the officiating i thought it was equally bad both ways like i don't think it really hurt anyone one way more than it did the other 
there, there were certainly a couple plays where Taco Fall could have had fouls called against him and did not, especially one where, you know, Zion went to go for the poster and, and got mm-hmm. stuffed, air quote stuffed, yeah. he got fouled. Yep. Um, and then on the other end, you know, foul, a uh, fall was getting fouled on uh, a couple plays as well. And, yeah. you know, that's just the nature of the beast. That's how college I, basketball is. Yeah, and I, I could have sworn that Duke was going to get that call overturned on the uh, – Oh, uh, yeah barely hitting the rim and and so the review for the shot clock yep yep but they didn't thank god here we are (laughs) that would have been that would have been a tough one because they would have needed conclusive evidence to overturn that and there clearly was not any but that i mean those are the those are our favorite games of the weekend yeah other than that i mean i know we have some some tidbits interesting facts you know little snacks to to think about to to (laughs) digest what do we have Alrighty, first off, something that is just absolutely wild to think about is that uh, Jeff Borzello tweeted, with Villanova losing, the reigning national champion has now failed to go beyond the Sweet 16 every season since Florida repeated as champs in 2007. So it's been over 10 years. It's tough. That, yeah, that the national champion just hasn't been able to get there. And it's that it shows you, goes to show you how tough repeating is in any sport, and especially in a sport where you have to win six games what happened to villanova in 2017 i can't even remember oh nc state happened that's what yep. happened oh shit <laughs> Cry, crying flute girl yep. yeah shit i forgot about that all right all right um that was a fun one <laughs> i i also dislike villanova if people didn't know <laughs> there you go next i've got um with with duke's win over ucf that we just talked about uh they now have the most one-point wins in NCAA tournament history with seven. Following them are, Union, uh, are North Carolina, Notre Dame, and UCLA with six. Wow. So just another kind of little tidbit there, one-point wins. Duke getting by by the skin of their teeth just because the universe wills it that way. Yeah, and uh, one of the facts I had uh, from, from Saturday's games, Brandon Clark, big man from Gonzaga, now join Shaquille O'Neal as the only players in NCAA tournament history with 35 points and five blocks in a game. Not bad company. <laughs> no, not bad company at all. And then the last one I've Along got. with the Admiral. Yeah. The last one I've got is that the now all-time leader in three-point makes, Fletcher McGee, holds the record for worst three-point shooting game in the history of the NCAA tournament. He went 0 for 12 against Kentucky. Ironically enough, he takes the record away from the, a player from the team. He set the record for makes against. And if you're following along and understand that logic, it means he took the record away from Isaiah Whitehead of Seton Hall, who went 0 for 10 in 2016. So thank you, Fletcher McGee. Yeah, and we would be remiss if not to mention John Moran. Yes, darling of the tournament. 17th His... double-double in NCAA tournament history. Yeah, and... First player in NCAA tournament history with at least 15 points, 15 assists, and 10 rebounds in a game. So it was just an absolute blast to watch him. He was great. I mean, he destroyed Marquette, single-handedly destroyed Marquette. And then he was the only reason they stayed alive against Florida State, who had an unbelievable shooting day. But And he he kept a minute. He he started out 5 for 5 or 6 for 6 from 3. Yeah, he was really good. So if... You know, if a couple more shots fall, Murray State's in that game, but it just didn't wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Oh well. What about uh, your uh, biggest disappointment of the tournament? I mean, it's got to be the Big East. 
no teams yep. <laughs> in the Sweet 16 for like the second time in the last quarter decade. Or, yep. uh, excuse me, quarter century. Quarter yep. decade would be two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sunday Wait, night, man, folks. It's all right. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, the league goes one of one and four. Villanova got blown out by Purdue. Just at, they got a taste of their own medicine. Purdue rained threes on them. Carson Edwards at 42 points. Um, you know, Phil Booth and Eric Pascal's decorated careers end like that. It's tough to see. Seton Hall loses on a flurry, essentially, from Wofford. St. John's gets the doors blown off them by Arizona State, and then they kind of kind of come back because Arizona <laughs> State isn't a very good basketball team. Yep. Um, but they just did not have it. And then Marquette obviously got destroyed, just absolutely destroyed by Murray State, proving that they didn't deserve a five seed. Um, I don't know. I mean... I, if Marquette was a seven, I think this is a whole different ball game. Which is they probably should oh, yeah. have been like a six or a seven. If they're in that range. They probably can get a win in the first round, and then they would have lost either Saturday or Sunday. But I mean, that team was a shell of itself down the stretch. You could tell they were not the same team. Oh, without a doubt, they teams figured out that they were just going to force the ball to Marcus Howard, and when Marcus Howard isn't hitting, they. It didn't make sense because they've got three, four other legitimate scoring options, but they just couldn't get them going. As we've talked about weeks and weeks now, it seems like that they they struggled. Yeah. The silver lining, though, is there's so much freaking talent coming back in the Big East that it's going to be a very good league next year. I'm not excited. This is the year for anyone else to win the league, and Villanova does it again. But, I mean, there will be opportunity next year. Yeah. Who was your biggest disappointment? Alrighty, there's another team that I got the pleasure of seeing, or maybe not necessarily the pleasure of seeing, considering how poorly their season ended. But Nevada, uh, mm-hmm. they had open uh, NCAA put on obviously the open practices at the tournament site. So I, I went on Wednesday to see them, and Nevada was loose. They were hitting everything in their little 40 minute shoot around. Uh, Eric Musselman was rocking a sweatsuit and chatting up Reggie Miller, all, all the broadcast guys. Nevada was looking like they're having tons of fun, and then they come out and not necessarily lay an egg. They made it interesting late against Florida, but just for a team they did what they've was, done all year. Yeah, for for a team that was supposed to be, especially after last year's tournament run, supposed to be a dark horse Final Four candidate to end up as a seven seed to get bounced by Florida, who ten seeds went three and one, as did mm-hmm. twelve over fives. But and Nevada the, just couldn't get it going. In the nines, I think. Yeah. So they're, the the eight and nine games are no longer five hundred, but that just uh, go, goes to show that the must bus ran out of gas, and it, 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 it Nevada was a team that not a lot of people got to see just because of how far west they are, and they didn't really get a chance to. Well, they didn't prove themselves to on the national stage for the sec, for a, another year. So correct. I was one of those people that was very high on. Nevada, unfortunately, I had them as an Elite Eight team. I thought they were the real deal. I love the Martin brothers. I love Jordan Caroline. I thought that Porter and, you know, just the depth that they have was going to be enough, and it just clearly was not. I also need to make a correction. The nine seeds were 4-0 this year. Baylor, Washington, Oklahoma, and UCF all won. There you go. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's... That's the pretty much the tournament to this point. 
Sweet 16 games start up Thursday and Friday, followed by the Elite Eight Saturday and Sunday, and all of a sudden, we're two weeks away from Final Four. Basketball season is almost over, as sad as it seems. Um, the Fox and Frank show will break it down. Yeah, we, we'll have a lot more going in-depth on the tournament. But we've got another big story. Broke kind of like a Sunday news dump right in the middle of like the most exciting game of the day. Gronk <laughs> announces that he will be retiring. He is just 29 years old. Multiple Super Bowls. I think he's the greatest tight end of all time. A lot of people will probably scoff at me, but I don't know. I I think he revolutionized the position. He made it a legitimate weapon as opposed to a nice thing to have. Um, and he was the perfect mix of blocking and receiving, I think. Yeah, and whether or not he's the greatest, he was definitely, I'd say, the most dominant. Yes, absolutely. When he was on the field, you you had the key on him Mm -hmm. like none other. Yeah, in his nine-year career, as you said, multiple Super Bowls, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, surefire Hall of Famer, Uh, and obviously just big kid, huge grin all the time, loved to have fun. So uh, the the game of football will definitely not be as entertaining without Rob Gronkowski running around. <laughs> you got to think someone's already offered him like a job in a studio, and he's just like, "Nah, man, I can't do that." <laughs> yep, yep. Well, and then not like he needs the money either. He he, he yeah. came out a couple years ago saying that he'd lived off basically endorsements for his entire life, and yeah, now he can enjoy retirement. Uh, Everyone uh, wants to so- call him an idiot, but he he's very smart with his money thus far. <laughs> yeah, and and so- something that I I wanted to make sure to mention is that uh, check out um gronk fitness it's mm. uh it's like a fitness company that his family runs gronk fitness on instagram some pretty uh some pretty uh entertaining things it's it's not they don't really keep up with it all that much but there are some uh some gems from the gronkowski brothers on there as well that is such a like their family is so strange they're so funny <laughs> but they're so strange <laughs> oh yeah uh, I mean, they and they wouldn't have it any other way. That's all that matters. That is the weekend, though. That's the show. As we're finishing up here, we've got two games left in the tournament. Houston leads late, and Oregon is up at the half. This all means nothing because you know the end of the game already <laughs> if you're listening to this, but just figured I'd let you know. Uh, as always, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at LMBF Sports. Let me be frankblog.com. We will see you next week.